Now, live from the Blind Ninja Studios in Western Wisconsin, a show with no purpose. Hosted by experts at drinking, and they're almost definitely wearing pants. It's time for the Department of Offense. Ein Prosit, ein Prosit, der Gemütlichkeit. Yeah, so I don't know any German, so that doesn't, uh, I don't know what that means. Oh, and then, now he has to take, he, after saying some German, he had to just take a drink break. Yeah, das ist stimmt. Willkommen auf the Department of Offense. It is episode 398. I am your host, Casey. Joining me as always is Carlos. Yeah, I'm here. And I just got back from Deutschland. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, we've, I mean, two-month hiatus, uh, we just looked, it's been two months since the last time we recorded a show, sorry about that, um, but we are back with renewed vigor, uh, sometimes you just need to take a break, and turns out 10 years is at the point when I need to take a long break, <laughs> um, so we will be doing our 10-year anniversary show, uh, I guess our 10-year anniversary is next week, but I think we're going to be pushing the party show a couple of weeks so we can get some more people in the studio and make that a fun thing. Uh, before we get too deep here, I want to give a big shout-out to our patrons, specifically our Black Belt patrons, Andy Thompson, Bjorn Bjornson, Hoffman Barrel Brewing, Brian Jones, Devin Stinson, and Phil Feldman. If you're becoming a patron, head over to patreon.com slash blindstudios and become a patron today. And Carlos, just the other day, you were telling me something about our patrons. Do you remember what that was? Yeah, so they've come up with a new drinking game that you can uh, play. Like, oh. But you only play it if you're like drinking like glasses of beer that come with uh, bottle caps. Interesting. Yeah. So the way the game works is that you, you keep drinking beers and you keep collecting bottle caps. And then you just chuck the bottle caps at uh, each other. Now, you may be wondering, what's the purpose of that? Like, how do you get points? Well, the thing is, you get a point if it ends up in somebody's pocket. Oh yeah. So if, so if, for example, you have a a pocket on your your uh, left breast, so if uh, somebody could throw a, po- we could get a point if they got on there. I got two pockets. Can wear a hood sweat shirt. So do the pant pockets count too? If you can somehow get in a, a pant pocket, it's actually worth five points. I got this little one here. Yeah, but it's not easy to like just throw a, <laughs> a bottle cap and have it go in a pocket. That's true. They're notoriously lightweight. Notorious for that. Uh, is that what they're notorious that's for? That's what they're known for. I mean, I don't I don't think that's what they're known for. Yeah, but that's just a, a new thing that they came up with on the spot. Oh. That's, yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Uh, it's they, not. It's it's pretty dull. Like, <laughs> I, I, why, why are you talking it up? It's obviously not a cool thing that they came up with. It's obviously a cool thing that they came up with. Look, some art times are they just they don't always have good things that they ideas. Like sometimes they have great ideas, but this is not one of the good ones. All right, all right. Well, if you'd like to become uh, be part of the committee that comes up with ideas and maybe come up with a nice, better one than that one. Some are good, some are bad. Yeah. Uh, head over to Patreon.com/slash Blind Studios and become a patron today. All right, Carlos, in the last two months, what are things that you've been up to? Uh, so we didn't record after Madeline Island? We have not. Well, we did that. That was fun. Uh, I don't really remember any other details because it was two months ago and I spent most <laughs> of it drunk. You spent most of the last two months drunk? Well, most of uh, Madeline Island drunk, which is always a good way to spend the time there. Uh, but let's see... 
I haven't been up to a whole lot. Uh, I had a, I actually had a, a work thing. So like, cause one of my uh, companies I worked for had been bought out and they had like a get together uh, the other week. So that meant I dro- drove to the cities um, and I really remembered why I was glad that I work from home these days and don't <laughs> drive to the cities every day. Cause I, it was uh, two and a half hours. I spent in the car to go there and back and it was, it was, and like, it was just not what I, <laughs> it's yeah. not fun to spend that much time in the car. And to just hate other people who drive. Mm-hmm. I, I have a, so it turns out I have less hate in my life after not having to drive, and I never thought about that. It, it didn't occur to me until I was driving again, and in like traffic is like, oh yeah, I hate all these other people that are also in cars just like me. <laughs> <laughs> these uh, people suck. Uh, let's see. Besides that, uh, I started playing some uh, Diggerfall Unity. Uh, Diggerfall is an old uh, kind of like Elder Scrolls game, mm-hmm. but, but that one is one that came from in the 90s. And they uh, it's like you can play it on Unity because uh, a bunch of like people over the years have like ported the game over to Unity so you can play it on modern day computers and it and actually make it playable and look better. So did that uh, and that was uh that was fun it's free like it's free like there's uh, some steps you have to hop through or you could just do on uh go on the gog.com and just uh it, it's all packaged there for you oh okay but uh yeah besides that i've just been working in the last month haven't had any lando or casey yeah how's that been yeah, it was it was fine uh i didn't miss lando I will say that because, like, uh, I've looked after I've looked after Lando, and I know that I would have been not happy if I had to watch him for an entire month. Yes, yes. Uh, it, it did make me miss having a, a cat. I will say that because <laughs> it was just me in the house for uh, a month. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. about it. Nice. Uh, that's not much no. for for two months. Well, I'm trying to condense it because I know that you're going to have you were in Germany for a month, so it's going to take an amount of time. It's going to take an amount of time. Uh, yeah. So I was looking at my calendar um, since the last time we recorded. Uh, I went to the so like starting at the beginning. Um, I went to the Black Hills and did some uh, rock climbing. Yeah. Uh, I climbed up Spire Four. Uh, at Custer State Park, and I had to go through this thing called the wormhole, which we have not talked about. So uh, this is a it's a multi pitch climb. At the top of the second pitch of three, um, there is a hole um, that's about oh I don't know like two and a half feet wide, um, and about like eighteen inches in the other direction that you have to squeeze yourself through. Um, and that was a thing I did. Uh, one of the uh, one of the guys in our group uh, ripped his pants, mm-hmm. um, and then the girls made it through just fine. But apparently, I was the fastest one through because apparently, when I'm terrified, I can turn into a mouse. Oh yeah, just use that panic to your advantage. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, I got to the top or before the finish of the third pitch to get to the summit. You have to. Um, you remember that scene in uh, the. Like, uh, what is it? Uh, the Last Crusade? Uh, where, like, uh, Indy has to do, like, the the leap of faith from the lion's head? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of like that. Uh, except to, like, I had to step over a gap of nothingness to another mountain. Yeah. And, yeah. And, like, good thing, like, I was a good Christian and was able to just step over. I read I read my dad's notebook well enough and... 
So I'm actually, here. you don't have to be a Christian. You just have to read the dad's notebook. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because yeah, like I didn't have to like uh, only the penitent man should pass. So wait, why did and then, why did Nina Jones have to be there for that? Like because didn't they have the dad's notebook at some point? They in time? had the dad's notebook, but they um, but like everybody they sent through kept getting their head cut off because like they didn't read like. Uh, uh, the penitent man shall pass. But like, but when they sent him through, Indiana Jones through, he had the book on him, right? Yep. And he, so you'd page through it to like refresh his memory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And except like, um, and they let him walk ahead with the book. The what? So they sent one person who's like has like a better idea of like maybe how to get through the stuff with the one thing that. So if he dies and they lose the book. I mean, they're fucked. Yeah. Like, so he he also has the book and still misspells Jehovah somehow, because in like in he in Greek Jehovah starts with an I, um, and like that's a whole thing because like uh, Sean Connery's like reciting it while he has the hole in his chest, and I watched it on the plane, mm-hmm. so like I ha- it's very fresh in my mind. But yeah, no, there's there's a whole lot of like they didn't really need Indy to do that. Yeah. But I mean, it makes a much better scene. Yeah, I mean, if you had, like, the main character not do anything, like if Raiders of the Lost Ark just involved the Nazis destroying themselves with the Ark of the Covenant, and Indiana Jones was just lounging on his couch eating chips, I mean, it wouldn't be as exciting. That's true. That's true. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, so, yeah, I, uh, let's see. Did the rock climbing thing, which was a lot of fun. Uh, came back, and then we immediately went to Madeline Island. I think I was back for two days or a day. Yeah, yeah, I was back for a day. Then we went to Madeline Island, um, which was just an incredible time. Like usual, we get we had great weather. I think we got rained on once. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, and then, um, I uh, went to Renfest the following weekend. The Renaissance Festival had an amazing, uh, like just an ama- amazing weather for that. Um, and then let's see, we recorded some homebrew bound. Uh, then I went up to the North shore for a weekend, the next weekend. Um, and then the following week I flew to Germany. Uh, so my brother's living in, uh, in a town called Ramsbau, which is right next to Regenstauf, where the nearest city is Regensburg. Um, which is about an hour. Yeah, that, that helps clear things up for us. North listeners. of Munich. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to help, like. I'm trying like so it's just, I I like so the village that he's living in like so my brother's living in a in a castle in a palace yeah uh, with a count it's a whole thing because apparently my brother lives a fairy tale life um, and so he's 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 living in this like tiny little village that has like uh, in the in the village there's a butcher shop and a restaurant and the restaurant is incredible it's super good. Uh, it's like uh, Rams Ramsbauerhof, I think, is what the name of the restaurant it is, and it's it's just incredible. It's fantastic. Um, and then in, uh, but anyway, so went there, uh, and then the first we land, uh, we leave Friday or not Friday, Wednesday. Um, we land Thursday morning um, in Munich. We get on the train and we head to uh, uh, Regenstauf. And the first thing we do there is we buy Lederhosen. We stop at the Lederhosen store, and we buy a Lederhosen, which I'm wearing now because they're awesome. And they're actually they're they're ridiculously comfortable. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and yeah, so I got you know I got I got the socks, I got the hose, I got the shirt, I got the hat. 
Got the whole shebang. Because Friday, I ticked off a bucket list item, and I went to Oktoberfest in Munich. And it was amazing. Just, uh, oh man. If you ever get the chance, go. Uh, I honestly think you'd enjoy it. So uh, you were just describing to me that they had like, uh, yeah, they had some uh, tents the size of stadiums, multiple of them yes. that people would be drinking out of. Yes. These these tents would fit 15 to like 20,000 people. Um, and so there, there's like 12 main tents. And we went to uh, uh, the half bar or half. Uh, Hofstauer tent. Um, it was like so. It's it's like the most like traditional tent. And there's two ways to do the tents, right? And so there's twelve main tents, and there's a bunch of smaller tents, and there's beer gardens. And uh, the what you want to do is you want to go to like one of the bigger tents because that's like the Oktoberfest experience. But like yeah, no, like they're huge. Um, I have a photo, and I want I should probably post it on the on the. Uh, the Facebook page. I think you saw, like, you. I showed you the the photo from inside the tent, right? Yeah, probably. Um, I'm just gonna pull this up real quick again, just so uh, to refresh. So here's like the inside of the tent. Oh yeah. Yeah, and like it's yeah. So it's this cavernous, uh, like I say tent, but it's it's a structure with I don't know. The ceilings are probably thirty, or like the roof is probably like thirty feet up, like, and it's just like. This long sea. There's a giant stage in the middle that the band's playing at, um, and then there's just tables. So, wait, does each tent have its own band? Yes. Wow. Um, some tents have multiple bands. Some tents are piping in music. Some like depends on the tent. Like, there's one tent um, that is known for only like the only food that they sell is like uh, smoked fish. And so it's kind of a stinky tent. And like each tent has like the one the one brewery that it does. Um, oops. Uh, tents. Uh, but anyway, so the tent that we went to, like it's like the traditional tent. Um, and uh, like so you sit. Like, so there, there's two ways to do it. You can either, like, get a reservation, like a tent reservation. So if you go with, like, um, a tour agency or something like that, like, they'll usually have a reserved spot. And then you go to the tent at a certain time. Otherwise, you do what we did, and you show up and hope for the best. Um, so they every tent is required to have, um, I think it's 2,000 uh, open seats. Like, for, like, first come, first serve seats. Um, but only 2,000. Which seems like a lot, but it's not. Um, and so we were able to, like, snag a table. And I think we sat at this table for probably three hours. Um, and while we were there, I, there were three groups that uh, kind of migrated through because the table seated eight or probably ten. Um, and we only had five. So, or no, we only had four. So, yeah, seated eight, we only had four because uh, Jacob uh, wasn't feeling well, so he en he ended up missing out on Oktoberfest. Was it because he drank too much the previous night? I'm not going to say that, but yes. <laughs> um, but it worked out because then he just stayed home and watched the dog. Um, but, yeah, so uh, we sat at this table, and, like, three groups came through, and then, like, we ended up hanging out with this... Uh, uh, then like four um, Israeli guys sat down and we ended up hanging out with them for the rest of the day. So we we're drinking beers and we we're moving from tent to tent. And then um, 
I think my brother said, let's go ride roller coasters. Because at Oktoberfest, there's like a full fair. Like, and like legit roller coasters. Like ones that you see, like bigger than the ones that you see at like Valley Fair. That they just move in for the month. And so like we did roller coasters and uh, was it Tower of Power, Tower of Terrors, like where it brings you up and then just drops you down. Um, we did like ones where you like you get like in a little swing thing and then you spin around like things that you should do while you're absolutely just hammered. Oh, the spin thing. Like that's always a fun one. Oh, no, it was it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Uh, oh, Augustiner was the tent we were at. Sorry, Augustiner. Um, and then. Uh, yeah, like it was it was just an incredible night. Just every well, day, like we we drank from noon to ten, um, and only liter beers. We didn't have anything under a liter, and it was yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Take take the bucket list. I highly recommend it. Uh, the food was good. Uh, I didn't eat enough of it. Um, and then just yeah, it was awesome. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Then the next day, uh, we nursed our hangovers a little bit. And did just like a little bit of touring around Bavaria. Uh, we went to, uh, I believe it was like, uh, we went to a brewery that looked like a funhouse, or that looked like it was like straight out of like Willy Wonka. Uh, it was like, I can't remember, but uh, it was this little tiny, or not really little tiny, we were, we were only drinking their beer pretty much. Um, we went to there and then we went to, um, a monastery and we went to this place in, or on the river called, uh, fuck, what was that called? Um, I can't remember exactly what it was called, but basically it's a monument to, um, important, uh, like historical Germans. And it looks like uh, the Parthenon. Um, oh, it's called Valhalla. It's called Valhalla, and it's it looks exactly like the Parthenon. Here's a photo of it. Oh, cool. Yeah, and it like overlooks the river, and it's I mean, yeah. So like, it's it's really cool, but also like it's just like stolen culture. And then inside, it's right. just this big marble hall. But they called it Valhalla. Yes, and it looks like the Greek Parthenon. They could, they could have called it, like, Mount Olympus. That would have made more sense. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then it's full of Germans. <laughs> yeah, none of it makes any sense. Um, yeah, so uh, Valhalla was really cool. Oh, and uh, Valhalla starts with a W. Yeah, of course it does. Right? Uh, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Like the Volkswagen, right? Yep. <laughs> So Volkswagen starts with a V. Except no, no sometimes it starts with a W. <laughs> if it's in Germany, apparently it'll be starting yeah. with a W. Um, and then the next day, uh, we climbed our first mountain of the trip. Uh, we went to um, to do uh, or to go up to Eagle's Nest because uh, one of the guys in our group, Mike, really wanted to like. He's like, I want, I want to do this. Like, I haven't done it yet. Like, I just really want to do this. And we're like, cool, we'll make a weekend of it. Um, we'll head down to the Austrian border um, and we'll do Eagle's Nest, which is like just on this side of the German or German border, and then uh, we'll go spend like uh, the night and the next day in Salzburg, uh, which is in Austria, um, and. 
were like, but you're in charge of like figuring everything out and like doing that. And he's like, okay, cool. Got it. So he's like, oh, like we can pay 20 euros each to take a bus to the top and back. Or there's a super easy hike that we can do for free. And we're like, we're going to do the hike. That sounds great. Um, It was raining a little bit, but it wasn't bad. And the guy at the ticket counter like was like, oh, it's going to be terrible up there. You won't be able to see anything anyway. Like you shouldn't even go up. And we're like, well, we're here. We haven't really done anything exercisey. Like let's let's climb the mountain and like let's let's just go for this hike. It was only supposed to take like two hours. Um, and we we start doing this hike, and the sign says four hours, and we're like, nah. Mike did his research, and it's just a super easy hike. Well, the super easy hike was probably at like a. I don't know, 35, 40 degree incline the entire way up for four and a half miles each way. Just like straight up the fucking mountain. Um, and so that sucked. I, at least like I had I had a raincoat and like hiking boots on. Um, Mike was in dress shoes, which were no longer dress shoes by the time he mm-hmm. was done. Um and yeah, it was it was brutal. But there was a there was a restaurant at the top where we were able to get beers and food, and I think I had the best tasting schnitzel of my life there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure the only reason it tasted so good was because I just hiked four and a half miles <laughs> up a mountain <laughs> in the rain. So I was cold and like tired and hungry because we, we also didn't bring any water because it was supposed to be like this super easy hike and thirsty and. <laughs> and then we hiked four and a half miles back down because we were going to buy a bus ticket down, but there was nobody manning the thing to get tickets at the for the bus. <laughs> so we were like, well, I guess we're going downhill. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, so that was fun. Salzburg was cool. Um, and then the f- next weekend, uh, we spent the weekend in Prague. Highly recommend. Uh, that was very interesting city. Like, super cheap. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, we gave money to some kind of, like, um, illegal front. Uh, we went to this hookah bar. And... We walk into, like, we go down these stairs and, like, turn two corners and then, like, into this, like, smoke-filled room. And we walk on the door. It says, uh, cash and Bitcoin only. And <laughs> that was our reaction. And uh, we walk in and there's two, like, there's, there's, like, a bar. And then, like, it goes into, like, the hookah lounge. And on the bar, uh, there's just two... Uh, gold-plated AK-47s just sitting on the bar. Yeah. And we're like, well, I guess this is where we're at now. Interesting. And, like, there's just, like, electronic music playing lightly, and um, all of the TVs, like, there's a couple of TVs, and they're just playing, like, gangster movies um, with Czech subtitles. And, like, so they're on silent with Czech subtitles, so you can't see, like, yeah, it was, it was weird. Uh, but it was it was kind of fun. Um, yeah. And then, let's see. After that, the following weekend, after that, we... Uh, oh, I went to Nuremberg. So I did a lot of, um, like, I think you'd call it dad sightseeing. Mm-hmm. 
where like, oh, like this is a historical thing that happened here and it's World War II-esque, so let's go see it. So we went to Nuremberg, uh, which Nuremberg was another city that like it was hit pretty hard during the war and then like built back up. Um, and like the interesting thing about Munich was Munich was flattened during the war and then they rebuilt a lot of it um, from like photos and things to try to make it look like it did before the war. Uh, Nuremberg, we like we went through the castle and really like just beautiful city. Um, saw some very terror like one of the creepiest statues I think I've ever seen. I saw in Nuremberg. Oh yeah, yeah. It was. Um, I I have a photo of it somewhere. Um, but it was a bunch of uh, like women in a circle and like there was just water like shooting from their tits. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I was like what what the fuck is what what is this and what is happening um yeah Jacob took a took a picture of it because his thing was like taking pictures of weird statues yeah, here it is well it looks perfectly normal to me <laughs> perfectly normal a bunch of women with a cross holding cups and then just water shooting from their tits while there's babies with uh oh, you, oh it's biblical you wouldn't get it <laughs> you're right i don't get it <laughs> i just i don't understand and like jacob kept like zooming in and like <laughs> Like, I just, I don't, I, like, the nipples, they're so, like, defined. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then, well, that's because they're, act, if you looked a little bit closer, you'd see that they're actually nozzles, so you can adjust the water pressure that's coming out. Oh, so you just got to go up there and do 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 Yeah, yeah. just dial them in. Uh, and then we went to, um, we did some hiking, uh, and we went to uh, Bomberg, uh, where I was able to go to, like, uh, the, like, the, the Rauk Beer Brewery. Um, in the world, which was very exciting for me. Uh, and I was able to get some Rauch beer, which is like the smoky, smoky German beer. Um, and so that was that was a blast. And then, uh, yeah, the final weekend, we went to Austria. We went to Kitzbühel, and I climbed another mountain and ate some food. And, yeah, I don't know, it was just a really good trip. I don't really have much to say other than that. I feel like mm. I said a lot of things. have been talking for 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, I got. I'm gonna have to try one of these beers. Yeah, we should probably do the beer and then the. Uh, yeah, and then the other segment. And then the other segments. Oh man. So what am I? Uh, what am I drinking here? All right. So in front of us we have uh, Pauliner um, Hefeweizen, uh, which is uh, the uh, like so. Uh, Pauliner is uh, from uh, München or Munich. Uh, München is what they call it in German. Uh, and then, yeah, which wasn't confusing at all because I had no idea. Like, I just didn't know that. And I keep seeing, like, signs for Munchen. And I'm like, that's not the city I'm trying to go to. Oh. But it was. I would have just assumed it was Munich and they just spelt it weird. <laughs> um, so, Pauliner, we actually went to their tent. Uh, they had a, or one of their beer gardens was, like, right inside the door. Um, and I found out that I had the softest lederhosen uh, in that tent, which was uh, very good for me. I needed that kind of uh, self-esteem boost. 
So when you were out on the weekends, did you, were you just wearing the later hosen all the time, the whole weekend? No, I only wore my later hosen at, at Fest. <laughs> um, I did see like a lot of people wearing later hosen because like it's just a normal thing in Bavaria. Like you go on a hike in your later hosen and so. eat your Bavarian pretzels. I ate a lot of pretzels, a lot of sausages. Uh, Bavaria, so a traditional Bavarian breakfast is one of my favorite things in the world. It is Weisswurst, uh, pretzels, uh, potato salad, sauerkraut, and mustard. But which vice is first? The vice first. Yeah, which vice are you having first? The beer. Oh, it's, you're not, it's not just random vice. You have to do a vice first. No, it's vice first. It's like, oh, oh and, yeah, and you wash you wash it all down with wheat beer right. in the morning. And so that was the breakfast that we had before we went to Oktoberfest, and it was incredible. I don't know if you've ever had Vice First. No. Um it's really good. So it's it's like a it's a white sausage, mm-hmm. but you like you cut the casing off. Um like so you, so you boil it and then you cut the casing off because this casing is kind of tough, and it's like it's a slightly sweet sausage. Um so it goes really good with uh pretzel and Bavarian mustard. And then you have like that good German potato salad on the side. Sounds good. It was awesome. Uh, but yeah, so this is a Hefeweizen. So we're looking for like traditional German wheat beer, uh, banana clove uh, in the in the aroma. Um, mm. Yeah, brewed in Germany, bought down the street. Yeah. It uh, so I'm tasting it and it. I don't know. It tastes like a, a Hefeweizen. Uh, like, uh, not really anything else to say there, really. It, it's got a... Like a it's more I'm clove not. than banana, I think, in the aroma. Yeah, yeah. Um, relatively clean, cl- uh, clean tasting. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's like... It's a little sweet. A little herbaceous, I guess. A little clovey. Um... Yeah, beyond that, I don't really know if there's much to say. Yeah. It says that this is Germany's number one Hefeweizen. That could be. Um, we didn't have, I didn't drink a lot of wheat beer. I drank a lot of, um, like, Pilsners and, uh, like, just, like, German light lagers and a lot of Oktoberfest beer because it was that time of year. And so you'd go in and... Every, every like, restaurant um, only had, like, they had two beers on tap. They had light and they had dark, but it, they were usually from the same brewery. Um, every once in a while, you'd find one that would have, like, a few different ones on tap, but it was very unlikely. Otherwise, they'd have a bunch of stuff in bottle. But the stuff on tap was always cheaper. It was, like, you'd get, like, half a liter of beer for, like, three bucks. Or you'd pay five for a liter. Um, yeah. Uh, what would you give this? Uh, you know, it, it's solid. Uh, I don't know about, I, I guess I'd have to drink a lot. I have spent a while since I've had a Hefeweizen, so I don't know if I could say this is the number one Hefeweizen I've ever had. But would you call it the number one Hefeweizen from Germany that you've had? Well, I'm going to say that if I had to rate this on a score of zero to 10, I would give it a seven. All right. Uh, I'll also give it a seven. Hefeweizen is just not my favorite style. Um, it's good. It's fine. Um, it's weedy. It's a little heavier than what I, what I'd want. Like drinking a liter of this would be rough. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather have something just a little crisper, a little cleaner. Yeah, like an Oktoberfest. Yeah, like a Meridsen or um, a Pilsner or something like that. 
The next quarter mile. Oh boy, it's the show within the show where we talk about uh, Fast and the Furious quarter mile of a time. Hell yeah. And uh, this is the, so we're three out of four parts through eight of the Furiosa. What? Yeah, Fate of the Furiosa. Furiosa. No, that's not, that's not, that's not. But Furiosa's in it. And this is number Fate. This is Fate of the Furious. Yeah. Which is number eight. Yeah, it's number fate. And Charlie Theron is in it. Yeah. Furioso. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, uh, Furioso is in this. He's the bad guy. No, uh, Furioso is a character from Mad Max. Wait, are you saying that Charlie Theron's not the bad guy in this one? Charlie Theron is the bad guy. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, Furioso is not the bad guy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think we before we even get into the description, though, we have to. Uh, I suppose we have the segment. I, but I should actually make sure I, my uh, I have my notes refreshed on my phone. Oh, hey, where's the? Uh, oh man, it's on the other side of the table. I'll go get it. Page conflicts detected. Phone. I don't want to be told that. Uh. That means I'm going to have to hope that As this I completely, is the updated uh, other aside, my dog is doing super good. Like, he has not moved. This is my new favorite trick. All right. So I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to hope that this one that it says page conflicts detected is uh, the accurate one, and it's not like a half edited list. Otherwise, I'm going to go over my minutes. Do you, do you want to you read your last segment there and make sure it lines up with what you remember? Oh no! It, it, I mean, it ends with like where uh, where I had like s- set up. I also then went back and edited it, shortened out some of the stuff up a little uh, bit. Okay, okay. So, um, but like what we're, we do is like we start off the segment with the plot in sixty seconds. You want to describe the plot in sixty seconds? Yeah, the plot in sixty seconds where we're going to or Carlos is going to give us the entire plot of the series so far, like up to the quarter that we have watched through. So it started out pretty easy. I had an entire minute to talk we about the now first quarter. Almost eight minute or eight movies in sixty seconds or less. You can use less. Yeah, if you can do less. You can't use more though. No. All right. Yeah, uh, count me down. Uh, let me make sure I know how to run the stopwatch. Okay, I'm glad I did that because it was in a bad mode. How do I reset? There we go. All right. Three. Two, one. Tony and Brian Max and Dom sister and get to Dominic's gang, but Brian is hunting this crew of DV VCR combo thieves. Bad cop Brian lets Dom get away in his car. Now a batch of surprise brought on to take on drug trafficking in Miami with the help of always hungry Roman. They catch Verona by crashing a car into a boat. Elsewhere, shitty driver Sean crashes, burns his banished band, learns the art of drifting from Han. Han dies, Sean becomes drift king. Another time, another place, Dom, Letty, and Han do a heist, but then step away. Dom runs off, Letty dies, bad fed Brian and Dom team up. 
Uh, revenge happens, then Dom gets jailbroken. Now Dom, Brian, and me are laying low to Brazil. Agent Hobbs is on the trail, and the only way out is with a big heist. Vince dies, they steal the vault. Later, Dom finds out Amnia Zicoletti lives. The crew gets together for, in return for pardons, taking down Shah. Gazelle dies, they take down Shah. Post-credit Han dies. Now Deckard Shah wants revenge, killing Han and wrecking house, but Mr. Nobody comes back Dom. After the LA showdown, Shah is captured. Then in Cuba, Dom writes a fire, raises a fiery wreck, then gets blackmailed and goes rogue, while the crew and Shah and Hobbs try to stop him and Cypher. Elena dies. 53 seconds. Wow. Those uh, those cuts means I can take it a little bit easier next time right? I do this. Yeah. Few, fewer cuts next time. Well, it also depends on the mood, too. Like, damn. Uh, so you, you have a difficult part also. I totally forgot about it. Oh, no. I absolutely totally forgot well, about it. Well, you're going to frantically catch this right this uh, part ready as I describe what this part is. So besides the plot six tickets, we also have a – we also talk about the quarter of the movie that we just saw in uh, 10 words or less. And it's called The 10-Second Car. And Casey is under the gun now as he's trying to throw together – 10 words to describe, and not less words, and not more than word, more than 10 words, 10 words to describe uh, the quarter of the movie that we just saw. And how's that going for you, Casey, right now? Uh, uh, I'm getting close. He's getting pretty close there. He's under the gun. I mean, it's... Uh, if if it was a ten second race to write down 10 words, he would not have succeeded. Right. Uh, so he's got that. So you can still, I mean, he still has a chance to get 10 um, words. He's still typing away there. Well, this is very exciting, folks. This is very exciting, folks. Okay, I got it. Oh, is he, he has it? All right. Yep, 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 yep. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Dom gets Elena killed, then takes no responsibility for it. All right. That's a harsh take <laughs> on it. <laughs> but it's true. Like, he had very simple rules to follow. She did not have to die. But, like, was he supposed to shoot uh, Letty? Shoot at Letty. Oh, yeah. Like, that's literally all he had to do was shoot at Letty mm -hmm. and miss. Like, you know, like, he shouldn't have let Letty start going away with it. Because, like, the stakes are a little high right now. Yeah, yeah, like, and, like, just shoot at, like, yeah. You could make it shoot wide and still look look like you're pointing your gun at the person. Like. So to get into the part, let's see. So the, I forget. I, I did not remember at all. Like it's been so long since we I, we saw any of this movie. So it's been so it's over, been over two months for this since we saw the previous quarter. Yes. So I forgot all about like all the cars being remote controlled because that's where we kicked off is like all the cars are remote controlled. And I was trying to remember like, why are they going after this guy? Like it was like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. What does he we have? Jumped, we jumped right they have, into they have it. A briefcase. We should have. Uh, I should have read you my um, recap before before we had before we started the quarter. Well, I had my recap. but I just didn't read it. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, so, like, so the the uh, the consulate or whatever has like a minigun on his SUV, I guess, mm -hmm. which that doesn't seem normal. But I don't no, know. not. But, but I mean, but granted, it's in America, so who knows? Even that's if it, true. I mean, I have I have a minigun on my SUV. Yeah. And then the World War Z cars start happening. Like it's just like a, a, just like cars just flooding everywhere, like a yeah, like an ocean. And it was, I'm gonna be honest, like this whole. Say like this entire like quarter of the movie was I just was not feeling it. Yeah, I think I think it's because we had such a big break between the two mm -hmm. that it just it it was just kind of blah. One of my notes was this is really dumb during the segment. 
Kind of was, yeah. Uh, and like uh, eventually, like they they pin in the concept by having a bunch of cars come down from a parking garage and smash all around his vehicle and disable it. And then uh, Dom, which I don't know why they need Dom to do this, like just walk up there with like a one of the like a um, giant saws that cuts through cars and a shield in the other hand and, and a wearing mask. a mask. So you don't know that it's Dom, but you know that it's Dom. Yeah, and then uh, he gets away with the cr- the case, and then the, the crew's after him though, and there's a face off. Uh, they have they're all facing off against Dom, and Dom's on the other side with the uh, the the launch codes. And then uh, he, he fakes him out, and he, he's getting away. And then they, everybody grapple hooks Dom's car. Oh, yes, and they're but, all trying to guess how many horsepower he has. And they start with, like, 2,000, 3,000, no, 4,000, more like 5,000. And everybody knows that horsepower is how well a car avoids being ripped apart. Yeah, while, like, other cars' tires are starting on and, fire. Yeah, because they're all spinning back. It's like they're trying to draw and quarter his car. Yep. But his car, of course, uh, survives this. Because it's Dom's car, and it has plot armor. And then uh, I wrote down uh, Lenny, not Letty, so I, I spelt that wrong. It's been a while. Uh, but, oh, fucking Lenny. <laughs> uh, Letty, Tell me about the rabbits, George. Uh, Dom ends up on foot at some point in time, and Letty gets the case. And then uh, she gets, uh, Letty has a chance, like, well, Letty previously shoots uh, Hobbs. And like he's definitely dead. I mean, no, he shoots Shaw. He shoots Shaw, and Shaw's definitely dead, right? Oh, absolutely, definitely dead. I should have put down my thing. Like I could have had another thing. Like Shaw's dead, but I, he's so clearly not staying dead. Yeah, so yeah, so I didn't Dom has killed Shaw. Uh, Letty, or maybe Lenny, is a standing. Has the steals the case and is like gets us down the uh, partway down an alleyway, and like he can't shoot her. She go- literally goes around the corner, and the other guy, the redheaded guy. Was apparently ready right there, which is like pretty crazy. Is yeah, right torment yeah. from uh, from Game of Thrones. Yeah, sure. And like he's threatening to shoot Letty, and then Dom pulls a gun on him, and it's like a whole big deal. And then they get away, and that's how Elena dies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So he gets back, and it turns out like uh, she's either gonna kill the baby or uh, Elena, and then she has uh, Elena killed, and. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Like, he, the, the only thing he did was, like, didn't want Letty to be killed. But I, I guess he's a sociopath or something. I don't know. And it was, it was just, like, it was just frustrating to be like, this is, this is, like, this is so dumb. It was very dumb. And then, uh, yeah, so they only have Dom's uh, son now. And then they have, there's a Russian submarine segment. Everybody, uh... uh Who's the uh, the uh, little nobody is like has little like, nobody is like yeah. oh screw the rules we'll do we'll yeah everything. and then they're like oh he finally learned it only took him three yeah and then uh, they try to carjack the um, the a big submarine. bad uh, tries to have a carjack a submarine and so there's is this it carjacking if it's a submarine they it's say they submar- say carjacking. So there's a really dumb part here where like there's a, where they're, they're cutting between some uh, kind of bland action scenes going on. Oh, yeah. And then there's the hacking segments 
where they have their hacker trying to gain control of a propeller on a submarine and then uh, using uh, then using eagle eye uh, uh, Charlie Sharon Theron also is like they're is trading no eagle eye is the movie with um, Shia LaBeouf in it yeah, they're using this eagle is God's eye. eye. No, they're using eagle eye. No, that's it's the, the same, same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Don't tell me it's different when it's not. <laughs> and like, it's, they're just taking turns, and like, it's like, oh, you don't, you, how dare you? Oh, I got this. And they're just like, and, so, and then like, eventually you're they get dumb. Locked. Well, and like, and then it gets locked out, and they have to hop in the submarine. Yes, and like, so there's that like. Yeah, I so I remember watching this the first time and like being like super like this was fucking rad, like all this cool shit's happening. And I think like the month break or the two month break has kind of like taken the wind out of the sails a little bit on it. Um, and so like this is this is one that I'm gonna need to like rewatch, like start to finish. I think, man, maybe like maybe we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Before we do the final quarter. Oh no, I'm still gonna rate this because like th- this isn't the first one. Like we've had other ones, like w- another one where we had like a long break. Between yeah, them, yeah. Just where we just didn't have time to uh, watch Fast and Furious before getting back to record. Yeah, there is that. Um, and then yeah, and then what was the oh the the big thing I wanted to like talk about during this quarter was fucking Cipher's really dumb like. Uh, what was it, like, alligator allegory about early men? I'm going to ask. I started tuning out. It was, just, oh, this is, <laughs> it was some this fucking... utterly pointless. It was some fucking, like, Reddit fedora-wearing bullshit yeah. that was happening there where she's like, your precious family is just a biological response. It's, it was very dumb. It was incredibly fucking stupid. So yeah, uh, was not a fan of this quarter of the film. No, it was really kind of bad. And like the whole thing is like, I know this is a Fast and Furious movie. I know in the end, Dom is going to work with his team again. It, like that's how this yeah, movie's going to end. Yeah, like I think I think this was kind of a misstep, like script wise. Is like the Dom betrayal. Like it just it just doesn't really work. And like like I get it. Why if you're doing like fucking 10 films uh, like for a franchise eventually you're gonna have one with a if you're doing like a a team up a whole team eventually you're gonna have one where one of the team goes wrong but they already did that literally the previous film with letty where letty was on shaw's team yeah but then they had to do it again yeah, like, no, but, like, they, yeah. So, like, yeah, you always, there's always, like, the inevitable, like, betrayal. Yeah. But you already did that one. <laughs> Literally the last film. Yeah. We've already done this one. But this, but it wasn't Dom that did it. This time it's Dom, so it's different. Because Dom didn't have amnesia. That's true. He remembered that he was betraying yeah. his friends. That's right. There was the amnesia angle with Letty. Okay, you're right. This is completely different, and everything I said is invalid. <laughs> this is a great script, and I love it. <laughs> so, yeah, that was the, the third quarter of Fate of the Furiosa. No, it's, it's Fate. It's, it's Fate of the Furious. Fate of the Furious. Well, my notebook says otherwise. Oh, my God, your notebook's a jackass. Now the Department of Offense presents News with Casey. That's me. Astronaut Scott Kelly. 
I have annexed Mount Olympus on Mars on behalf of me. Uh, NASA has previously warned the famous astronaut to stop taunting Russia, the Russian Federation. However, uh, following the Russian annexation of uh, four Ukrainian uh, regions, Kelly once again revealed his talent as a humorist. Obviously, Scott Kelly does not have any permission to declare such annexations on the Astro scale or any other scale. He, however, has personal his personal right to use metaphors to highlight the acute issues in today's world. Um, the celebrity astronaut wrote that I have annexed Mount Olympus on Mars on behalf of me, uh, just saying, on Twitter uh, the other day. Um, and then, wait, where is the border of Mount Olympus? He later added in the following tweet, Mount Olympus is on, uh, on Mars is the largest known volcano and highest mountain in the, our solar system. Yeah. And now, apparently, by Russian law, belongs to astronaut Scott Kelly. Obviously, yeah. Because everybody knows that Russian law is the right law. Yeah. Right, Mr. Putin? Oh, the news has just been so fun. The news has been really fucking irritating, but I have something that I think you will get a kick out of. Experts in Spain have unveiled a lifelike Jesus Christ made out of latex and silicon and real human hair based on data collected from the famous Shroud of Turin. Oh, so they're trying to make a horror movie come to life. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. And, like, I looked at this thing, and it's fucking terrifying. The sculpture even features... Sometimes it takes more than three days to rise. (laughs) The sculpture even features all of the wounds said to have been inflicted on... uh, Christ. Uh, some believe the Shroud of Turin, first mentioned in 1354, uh, was the burial shroud that housed the body of Jesus after his crucifixion, while others have argued that it is an elaborate fake. The Catholic Church uh, officially neither endorses nor rejects the shroud. That's the Catholic Church taking strong stances on things. Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be different if it was like a, a saint's bone. A saint's bone or a priest molesting a child or... You know, there's a sacred rite. Uh, And now viewers can make their own minds up With years of research now translating into a very realistic body Made of latex, silicon, and even human hair The sculpture weighs 75 kilograms or 165 pounds And is 1.78 meters tall or 510 And comes complete with all the injuries the Messiah is said to have endured Leading up to his crucifixion Including cuts to its head where the crown of thorns is said to have been forced down upon his head um, the sculpture uh, also features the wounds inflicted on Jesus' side by the Holy Lance and the numerous scratches to his body he is said to have sustained after uh, Pilate ordered him to be whipped and mocked. So this is as realistic as they could make it, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so, very white. So I got to ask. It's incredibly well, white. obviously. <laughs> How big of a dong did they give Jesus? Oh, uh, <laughs> it, 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 I mean... So you can't see it because they posed it so his hands are covering his penis. Okay. Like, that was the first thing I looked for, too. <laughs> I mean, they made it anatomically correct, right? Because they had to, right? Yeah. It's, yeah that's all the biggest question. It's like, it, how big of a dick to think? Yeah, like, it's just Ken doll Jesus. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Halloween enthusiasts across the U.S. have started a new tradition of handing out spuds to kids uh, for Halloween, according to the Denver-based Potatoes USA. Uh, It honestly started as a joke, said Pat Foy, a self-employed contractor in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I thought, if I'm going to give out uh, something to kids on Halloween, I don't want to just give them something that makes them go nuts. I'm of Irish descent, so potatoes made sense. Well, I mean, you can't eat a raw potato, and I don't think you want kids just going at the kitchen. 
Yep. So he gave away big baking potatoes, and before I knew it, he took on a life of its own. Who would have thought? I feel like this would cause some windows to be broken by potatoes. <laughs> I feel like this would lead to potatoes being thrown. I would absolutely be throwing the potatoes back at this motherfucker. Um, yeah. So Foy is known around his hometown as the Potato Man. And every year, the trick-or-treaters of Lancaster flock to his house for a quick break from the Sea of Sugar to say hello and grab a potato. The tradition has gotten so popular, not even uh, a pandemic could stop it. When COVID-19 hit, uh, Foy, with the help of a friend, built a potato chute out of PVC pipe to deliver potatoes from a distance. That's called a potato gun. Wait, wait, you wait, did wait. not invent that. Wait, is he just using a potato gun to shoot at trick-or-treaters? <laughs> I think so. I've switched sides. I'm, on, I'm now on his side. <laughs> now on Potato Man's side. I'm on Potato Man's side now. Um, they were they were like missiles coming down. The kids loved it, he said. <laughs> <laughs> the ones who still breathed anyway. You can kill people, a person with a potato gun. <laughs> Uh, Foy's not the only one handing out spuds uh, in Halloween up in Anchorage, Alaska. Matt Schultz, a pastor at Anchorage's first Presbyterian church, has also become an internet sensation for giving away potatoes alongside his traditional bucket of candy. The trick started with a giant basket of candy. Um, I just put one potato in the middle as something unexpected that they could grab instead. I was shocked how many kids were just delighted by the idea. They would grab and hold it over their head like a trophy. That, uh, that first way I gave at least... I gave away at least 20 pounds of potatoes. Eventually ran out and had to stop. Schultz has given uh, the kids choice between candy and a potato. Um, in the beginning, he said only about 10% of the trick-or-treaters chose the potato. Now, as the years have gone by and uh, Foy's house has become more popular, uh, kids are leaving behind fistfuls of candy in favor of a potato. Oh, man, I forgot the Halloween was tomorrow. Totally spaced on that. Oh, yeah. No, that's tomorrow. Um, so should we just, like, buy a bag of potatoes and leave it outside and just say take we one? We have three-year-old Halloween candy right there. I was just thinking about that. We could just, just take one. And then we don't have to throw away that Halloween candy. Wait. Is that poisoning children? No, no. Halloween candy is forever. <laughs> don't think Halloween candies forever. I don't think we can give that to children. No, it's just rock hard. You've never had old candy like Starburst? This becomes rock hard. I don't think we can give that to children. Well, then we don't have any candy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, so first of all, stop fucking giving potatoes to kids. Yeah. Like, they can't eat them. Um, and also, like, you're of Irish descent, and so you're like, oh, hey, I'm going to give him potatoes. That's racist. That, well, <laughs> honestly, like, I don't think you understand your own fucking heritage. The only reason they were, like, the Irish were eating so many potatoes is because the English stole all of their other food. Yeah. So, yeah, celebrate starving. Uh, days after Fairview Baptist Church youth pastor Corey Wall handed out I love hot youth pastor stickers to kids, the Greer South Carolina church says he's been placed on administrative leave. I wonder why. I don't, I don't understand. You said the quiet part out loud. <laughs> uh, however, their statement is hardly as an apology and fails to acknowledge why so many people in the community are upset. Wall himself admitted he handed them out in uh in an email claiming he was just trying to poke fun at what he called the I love hot mom culture. He added that the joke was a mistake and in poor taste. The church's leadership only said uh, 
in another private email, it had discussed the matter with Wall and that he understands that this should not have been shared with the students. The increased backlash, however, may uh, have pressured them to issue another more public response. Uh, they, they did that this afternoon. Our student pastor, Corey Wall, acknowledges that he made a poor decision and a mistake by making a sticker available that was offensive to some. Corey has been placed on administrative leave. And Offense is offensive to some to hand it out to kids, yeah. Yep. Look, I, I get it. Like, it, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's obviously was done as a joke. It is in very bad taste, especially if you're part of a church organization, which has got its own problems. Yeah, it's like maybe, yeah, like maybe you shouldn't. And then if they just put him on his administrative leave, it's like, well, I mean, obviously that's all they're going to do is give him a slap on the wrist because that's the same they do for people who actually do the bad stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> who knows? He might have already done the bad stuff. And now this is just cover. I don't know. I I, th I think actually if the, somebody actually did something, they get less of a slap on the wrist. I think he, he got more punished. They just get quietly moved to another church. Yeah. <sighs> just just a whole thing. Um, well, we're at an hour. Do we want to do a discussion topic, or do we want to save that for next week? No, let, let, let's do it, just because I have one ready. I have like an example ready, and it's not going to take too long, because like, okay. it's just the two of us. Yeah. All right. Discussion this week. Uh, so um, our Lord and Savior, Mr. Zuckerberg, <laughs> has uh, called us, and he needs our help. Because it, it turns out that he is the, this little this little thing that he's had been working on. Uh, what was it called? Uh, uh, metaverse. The metaverse is swallowed billions and billions of dollars and is going downhill. And we need to save it. And I think we are uniquely qualified to save it. Yeah. And so, like, we're our job is like, and we're going to have billions and billions of dollars put behind us to save this because it's a good idea to throw some more money in there. In the pit. Well, yeah, and like we just have a blank check now. Yeah. So, um, Carlos, like, pitch, pitch me your idea. What? How? How? How are you going to save this? So, here's the thing: the metaverse, like, it was always like he was always trying to push it as like you can do meetings here, and it's like, well, you can always do meetings other ways. So then I thought about it: what if through metaverse you no longer had to do meetings? What if? Metaverse, you started feeding it all your email information. Like you, you have Metaverse access to your email, so now it can read all your emails for and all your meeting invites, all that stuff. You give access to like whatever chat groups you use for work. So like you just, all that, all that information gets fed right into Meta. You you feed all this information about your job and about your life directly to Meta, and then Meta attends your meetings in place of you. And just sends you like a bulleted it list. It gives of you a bulleted list. And if you pay even more, that bulleted list is dropped down from five to three things to worry about. Oh my so, God. I want this so bad. I want this. Like, yeah. this is the greatest idea. And, again, and like, the thing is, you give Facebook even more information. I mean, Carlos, this honestly straight up might be the best idea you've ever come <laughs> up with. Like, fuck. I don't care if I'm giving Facebook more information, like, if I never have to attend a meeting again. Because Metaverse will attend for you. Like, all those times, like, when you're like, this this meeting should have been an email. Turns out, with Metaverse, it can. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. I love it. I mean, I, I don't even know if I should say anything. Like, <laughs> that's the answer right there. 
I solved metaverse. Because it lets the salespeople or this like whoever the fuck who wants to have all these meetings still still do their their bullshit or either like their daily stand-ups or like all of this nonsense and they can just shout it into the void like they're doing now. Except you don't have to be there. You don't. Oh my god, I love it so much. And in fact, they don't even have to shout the void. Metaverse can shout at the void for them. <gasps> I just thought of a I just thought of another service to add on to oh, it yeah? for even more money. Right? So for even more money, you can uh you can you can pay to override that so the people getting the emails like one of their one of their things is a lie. And so you could figure out who's using the service and who isn't. No, you, you can't do that publicly. Now, if you're an advertiser, though, what you can do is you give Facebook a lot of money and then you just get to squeeze in some extra tidbits onto meeting notes. Oh, you should be like, and we're all buying Orbit's gum this week. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely that. It would definitely be not Russia saying anything about elections fraud or anything like that. Yep, definitely wouldn't. Yeah. Definitely wouldn't. Nothing terrible would happen there. No. Oh, my God. Can you imagine if your meeting notes got political? <laughs> That'd be weird. I'm like, huh. Turns out we're overturning the Iranian government this week. I really maybe should attend these meetings in person, but I'm not going to. <laughs> not going to. Fuck that nonsense. Uh, yeah. So uh, my idea uh, was just porn. Oh, yeah. I think porn will solve it. Like, but like. I don't know how to integrate it properly because grandma's on, on Facebook. But, but like, so meta, like they don't have like a lower body, right? Not yet. So what if like, it's like the existing meta and then just naked lower bodies. Everywhere. Just dongs. Just dongs and vaginas everywhere. Just dongs and vaginas as far as the eye can see. Yeah. And you have to pay extra to get them blurred. Oh, no, that's not an option. <laughs> you can't censor them? No. Because <laughs> no, it's metaverse, and, like, every, like, it's what he wants you to see. That's true. Honestly, man, like, I think, I think you, 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 solved, you solved the problem uh, 110%. Like, I think we need to p- uh, pitch that to Daddy Z and like <laughs> something so people don't have to use it the service like the, the other service the vr service yeah <laughs> yeah yep but like the companies are still like shelling all this out but then like individuals are paying so now like you're double dipping like you're getting the individuals paying to not to not attend meetings but you're having the companies pay to have the meetings in the metaverse well the funny thing is like when, when uh, the company is also going to pay uh corporate accounts for the people to not have to attend the meetings too yep because that'll happen yep oh, i fucking love it it's great it's gorgeous let's get out of here All right, guys, if you have any questions, comments, show ideas, or what have you, go ahead and just email at feedback at blindnewsstudios.com. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com, Blind News Studios. You can follow us on uh, Instagram at Blind News Studios. And I'll see you guys next week.